We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 751 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is a Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. It is perhaps the final full day of the Commanders not having a head coach this year because it is on this Tuesday that the Commanders in the Detroit area reportedly are conducting second interviews of Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Uh, the focus, of course, does remain on Johnson, who for weeks has been viewed as the leading contender uh, to be the commander's next head coach, but who on Monday night reportedly was meeting with the other NFL team with a head coaching vacancy right now the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, The fear in a scenario like this always is that the Seahawks might not let Johnson leave their meeting without accepting their head coaching job. But as I record this at what time is it? 3.17 a.m. Eastern (laughs) on Tuesday, uh, there is zero word of Ben Johnson having accepted the Seahawks head coaching job. And so it would appear that the commanders will have the final word with Johnson. Uh, This interview slash meeting slash get together for the commanders with Ben Johnson on Tuesday in the Detroit area is what we call closing time. It is time for commanders managing partner Josh Harris and commanders general manager Adam Peters to close the deal with Ben Johnson. It is time to lock it up. As Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson said (laughs) in the movie Wedding Crashers, lock it up. Can't you see Josh Harris and Adam Peters talking before this second interview with Ben Johnson? You lock it up. No, you lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, lock it up. Josh Harris and Adam Peters, lock it up. 
when it comes to Ben Johnson. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Goldy podcast. Much of Wedding Crashers, by the way, was filmed in the Washington, D.C. area. And speaking of our area, uh, the commanders on Tuesday in the D.C. area reportedly are conducting a second interview of another head coaching candidate, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. If Ben Johnson is the commander's number one target in their head coaching search, who is number two? Like, if Johnson did somehow wind up becoming the Seahawks head coach, to whom would the commanders pivot? Now, perhaps the answer is Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, with whom the commanders on Monday reportedly conducted a second interview, but another name that keeps coming up is Dan Quinn, a friend of this podcast, commander's analyst and former Redskins tight end Logan Paulson. He's a big fan of Dan Quinn. Logan played for the Atlanta Falcons in the 2018 season, which was Quinn's fourth season as Falcons head coach. Well, coming up next segment, we're going to get some good insight on Dan Quinn uh, and on our friends, the Cowboys, is I'm going to welcome back to the podcast, Cowboys insider David Hillman of Fox Sports. Uh, David also is the host of the NFL on Fox podcast. David knows the Cowboys exceptionally well. He's going to tell us if all of this praise of Dan Quinn as a head coaching candidate is justified, uh, how things have gone for Quinn as Cowboys defensive coordinator. What the heck happened with Quinn's defense in the Cowboys' uh, 48-32 home loss? to the Green Bay Packers on January 14th in the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs and more. And we will discuss the state of the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy still their head coach. Uh, Additionally, our next segment will give you the latest from ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Ben Johnson not being the presumptive favorite to be the commander's next head coach. Also on the show, the Wizards. They have their first regular season winning streak of any length since March 2023. Uh, Now, the winning streak has come via beating two of the three worst teams in the NBA in the Detroit Pistons and the San Antonio Spurs, but still a winning streak. Uh, I will discuss a 118-113 Wizards win at the Western Conference Worst Spurs on Monday night as Brian Keith improved to 2-1 and one as Wizards interim head coach. And I will talk Virginia Tech basketball, uh, which lost to number seven Duke, 77-67 at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Monday night. By the way, former Washington head coach Ron Rivera. We on Monday had multiple reports that our guy Ron over the weekend interviewed for the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator job. So that's now at least two defensive coordinator jobs for which Ron reportedly is interviewed this offseason. He also reportedly interviewed for the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator job, although that job now is taken. Uh, The Eagles this past Saturday announced Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator. But remember, as we mentioned on Monday's show, episode 750, NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com, he on the NFL Network show, NFL Game Day this past Sunday, mentioned Ron as a possibility for the Cowboys defensive coordinator job should Dan Quinn 
get a head coaching job. Ron is uh, getting his name out there. Uh, you can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Jim D on the Commanders, writes Jim. Your analysis from a few weeks ago of the myth of Ron Rivera having changed the culture was brilliant. I mean, a person of power lauding good culture, players under so-called good culture getting into legal trouble, sounds a whole lot like Bruce Allen and Monte Nicholson, (laughs) doesn't it? I believe that there is a larger theme with this organization as well. If you think about the last few head coaches we have had since Joe Gibbs 2.0, there has been a certain trend that for me has been hard to ignore. Jim Zorn had a mid-season before bottoming out at 4-12, including 0-6 in the NFC East. Mike Shanahan had a couple of bad seasons, then had the RG3 season, then bottomed out at 3-13, including 0-6 in the NFC East. Jay Gruden had a bad season, then had the playoff year with Kirk Cousins, then had mid-seasons before bottoming out, and then Ron Rivera, a couple of mid-seasons, including a phony (laughs) NFC NFC East title in 2020, and then bottoming out this season, including finishing 0-6 in the NFC East. Always running in circles was this franchise with Dan Snyder as owner. Always giving us fool's gold was this franchise before it blew up all over our faces. But the good news is there's a new sheriff in town. Thank you for the email, Jim. Uh, Very true. And the new sheriff is not former Washington right guard Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. Yes, thank you, (laughs) Commissioner Roger Goodell. Brandon Scherf. No, the new sheriff. The new sheriff is Sheriff Josh Harris. You know, there are many stats and facts that uh, capture the ineptitude of our football team over the last 31 seasons. But to the point of Jim's email, one of the worst of the stats slash facts is that Washington has had back-to-back winning regular seasons just twice over the last 31 seasons, 1996 and 1997, and 2015 and 2016. That's it. (laughs) That is pathetic. Email from Marlon G on a certain someone who our commanders could have drafted uh, but did not draft, right? It's Marlon. Just watching the Ravens game, and man, Ron Rivera really screwed up in not drafting Kyle Hamilton. He is all over the field. He would be our best player. I know that we got three players from trading back, but none of those guys is an all-pro. Uh, thank you for the email, Marlon. Yep, the Baltimore Ravens took Kyle Hamilton, safety at Notre Dame, with the number 14 overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, in which the Commanders had the number 11 overall pick. But they made that trade with the New Orleans Saints and ultimately turned that number 11 overall pick into 2022 six-round pick into four players, receiver Jahan Dodson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., quarterback Sam Howell, and tight end Cole Turner. Now, that haul looked to have the potential to be quite nice. And a year ago at this time, that haul had considerable promise. That haul was encouraging with Jahan coming off a really nice 2022 rookie season and Sam being positioned to be the commander's QB1 for the 2023 season. But uh, (laughs) here we are a year later and the haul does not look so great. Although Brian Robinson did have a nice 2023 season and Jahan next season hopefully will bounce back 
from his bad 2023 season. And look, who knows what the heck is going to happen with Sam. But right now, at this moment in time, if you as a Commanders fan could undo that trade back and make it so that the Commanders at 11 in the 2022 draft just took Kyle Hamilton, would you not just do that? I mean, really, would you not just do that? Kyle Hamilton, a first-team All-Pro selection for this season. He lines up all over the field. Uh, Pro Football Focus this past Saturday afternoon in a post on X put up a graphic saying that Kyle Hamilton, since the start of the 2022 regular season, has the following rankings among qualified NFL safeties. Number two in overall PFF grade, number two in PFF coverage grade, and number two in PFF pass rush grade. Not bad. Uh, Well, the Kyle Hamilton of catering services in the Washington, D.C. area is Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service, and it now is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. If you are planning a wedding, you want great service, but you also want a great price, right? Well, Catering by Uptown provides both. Call 301-572-7744 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Catering by Uptown also can help you if you're planning a party or a corporate event. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. And don't forget about the great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301 372-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get that discount. That's 301-572-7744. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we all love the NFL and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online this Sunday, Pro Bowl Sunday, and enjoy some football and great pizza. Pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like NFL teams picking new head coaches, only with Little Caesars pizza, you can't go wrong. Uh, And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So enjoy football and pizza. Little Caesars, pizza, pizza. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. We are in the midst of quite the 48-hour period in the commander's head coaching search. They, on Tuesday, reportedly are in the Detroit area conducting a second interview of Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, as well as conducting a second interview of Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. And the commanders on Tuesday reportedly are conducting a second interview of Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn with that interview happening in the Washington, D.C. area. This off the commanders on Monday reportedly conducting second interviews of Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and Ravens assistant head coach slash defensive line coach Anthony Weaver. Now, we continue to have conflicting intel on Ben Johnson being the favorite to be the commander's next head coach, although the majority opinion continues to be that he is the favorite to be the commander's next head coach. In fact, NFL insider Peter King of NBC Sports, he and his Football Morning in America column that came out early Monday morning wrote, quote, the coaching slash coaching agent industry is sold that Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson will get the commander's job. Along with drafting a quarterback at number two overall, or somewhere if new GM Adam Peters trades out of two, Washington owner Josh Harris seems likely to bury the Dan Snyder era once and for all with a new franchise quarterback, a QB whisperer of a coach, and a progressive GM trained in the 49er way. End quote. What a lovely passage that is right there. Uh, However, still pushing the idea that Ben Johnson is not the presumptive favorite to be the commander's next head coach is ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. He said this in a report that came out late Saturday night, and this was Schefter on the Pat McAfee show on Monday. Take a listen. First and foremost, I'm not convinced yet that Ben Johnson's getting the commander's job. I know oh. people have said that he's the presumptive favorite, and he may get the job. Like, he he very well may. He's in contention. But that is not a slam dunk at all right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they are definitely looking at other people as well. And again, they may come back to Ben Johnson. But I think that they're pretty impressed with Mike McDonald and Aaron Glenn and Anthony Weaver as well. And I think those guys are going to have a legitimate chance to get that job. 
Um, and then Ben Johnson's also in play in Seattle. So you have to see, okay, well, if he doesn't get Washington, is he then in Seattle? Or does Seattle pull an upset? Again, people have people have said here that they think Ben Johnson is going to Washington and Dan Quinn is going to Seattle. Yes. And I will bet you, I will bet you that at a minimum, one of those is not right. Hmm. At a minimum. Ooh. Okay. Maybe maybe Whoa. both. Whoa! Wow. Okay. Whoa! Let's go! Whoa! We'll see. Yes, a Shefty bomb. Uh, How about that from Adam Schefter on Monday? What does Schefter know that perhaps the rest of us do not know? What is Schefter being told that seemingly nobody else is being told? Uh, I do remain confident that the commanders will be hiring Ben Johnson as their next head coach. However, Johnson on Monday night reportedly was meeting with the other NFL team with a head coaching vacancy, the Seattle Seahawks, and the commanders are conducting the second interviews of other head coaching candidates. So we can all believe that the commanders are going to end up hiring Ben Johnson, but until a deal is done, a deal is not done. And so to tell us about the man who is perhaps the number two person in the commander's head coaching search, Dan Quinn, I am very pleased to welcome back to the Al Goldy podcast, Cowboys insider David Hellman of Fox Sports. Uh, David has covered the Cowboys for years. He worked for DallasCowboys.com from April 2013 to June 2022. He also is the host of the NFL on Fox podcast. You can follow David on X at David Hellman underscore. Hey, David, how are you? Yeah, good to see you, my friend. I'm good. Uh, it's Yeah, taking on more of a league-wide role in addition to staying on top of the Cowboys. So it's it's been a, a busy year, but a very productive one, man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Yeah, same here. So Dan Quinn, he was the Atlanta Falcons head coach from February 2015 to October 2020, won the NFC Championship for the 2016 season. He has been the Cowboys defensive coordinator since January 2021. The Cowboys under Quinn have had excellent defenses in regular seasons, but the defenses have faltered in each of the last three NFL postseasons, including the Cowboys' 48 32 home loss to the Green Bay Packers on January 14th in the wild card round of this NFL postseason. What strikes you when you think about a potential second opportunity for Dan Quinn as an NFL head coach? I mean, unfortunately for Dan, what strikes me is how much, uh, you know, you're only as good as your last performance, right? Because uh, if if Dan was coming into this off of a better final game, I think people would be a lot more excited about what he's done. And and the resume is still good, and we can get into that. But uh, it's amazing how your your most recent impression is the one that matters. And obviously, I mean, the Cowboys didn't just lose to Green Bay; they gave up fifty points, forty eight officially. Uh, and they, I mean, they just got gashed. They they could not stop the run. They could not cover. They had nothing doing. And so it's, it's a little bit harder to sell Dan to a new thirsty fan base, I think, uh, after that. But obviously there's there's more that goes into it than that. I think across three years, it's been a really remarkable turnaround for Dan Quinn. Um, I think the way that he's been willing to adapt himself, uh, you know, he completely, he revamped the way he calls his defense. You know, he, he had this, 
reputation as just the Seattle cover three guy. And this is what we do. And, and that's, that's my scheme. And don't get me wrong. Like he hasn't completely gotten rid of everything he ever did, but I think he went back to the, to the workshop and, and implemented some new ideas, modernized what he wanted to do. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. The Cowboys slumped to the finish line this year, but across three years, he took a unit that was one of the worst in franchise history in 2020 and immediately turned them into one of the most fearsome units in the league. So on top of that, I think uh, I think he's a culture builder. I think he's a guy that can get players to want to play for him. You know, I think even with new ownership, Washington is, is probably a team that could use a culture infusion and just learn how to win, learn how to be on a team that is striving for winning records every year. I think Dan Quinn could help with that. Um uh, the one thing, the two, the two things that stand out to me, if you're looking for like a blemish, number one, I'm so interested to see how the power structure works in Washington and who's going to be acquiring the players. Cause obviously we can't overlook the fact that a big part of Dan Quinn's success is that the Cowboys found Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs in back-to-back drafts. I mean, when you've got all pro players at each level of your defense. I think it makes life easier on any coach. So is, is Dan going to have some say in that? How much oversight is there going to be with the new GM? I'm very interested in that. And then I think Dan Quinn should probably spend a chunk of his off season with the Kyle Shanahan scheme and, and finding a way to perform better against these Kyle Shanahan offenses. Cause you can go back over the years it's been a consistent theme, whether it's Matt LaFleur, whether it's Shanahan himself, whether it's some of these other guys that have sprung off of that tree. His defenses just don't seem to have answers for that. And with how many Kyle Shanahan coaches are in the league right now, I think that could be a big problem. So that was a little bit of a mouthful. Um, I, I like Dan Quinn overall as a candidate, but, but yeah, there are a couple of things I think you need to figure out if you're going to hire him. The Cowboys' lost to the Packers this NFL postseason it certainly sticks with people. Look, Dan Quinn's candidacy for commander's head coach is not <laughs> a popular candidacy among commander's fans, myself included. I mean, I want Ben Johnson as the commander's next head coach. But I do get that when an NFL team is hiring a head coach, it should look beyond just a candidate's last game. That said, what the heck happened to the Cowboys defense in that loss to the Packers? Well, for start, I mean, there's a couple of things. Some of them are unlucky and some of them are, are not. Uh, I'll, I'll make the excuse for Dan for starters. I think Stephon Gilmore was severely limited by a shoulder injury in that game. And remember, they lost Trayvon Diggs in September. So now you're down to one and a half, you know, top tier cornerbacks going against this deep uh, Green Bay receiver core. That's that's not good enough, though, when you see just how many breakdowns there were across uh, across that game. And that's what I go back to is whatever it is specifically, Dan Quinn seems to struggle with a lot of the concepts that are presented to him. There was so much misdirection. There was so much stuff where the Packers were baiting their tendencies and then taking advantage of them. So I think they got out schemed to a large degree and then the kicker that it was there all season and the Cowboys were just so good at playing with a lead that it uh, it didn't matter as much, but this is just an undersized team. 
you know, they, they didn't have a true linebacker on the roster. They were playing with converted safeties and young linebackers all year. They're light up front. And, and Green Bay just bullied them. And, you know, you, you get into like, you're playing nickel personnel, but it looks like you're playing dime because you've got so many undersized players on the team. And I think the Packers really managed to take advantage of that. So it's, it's a little bit of both. And it is just one game, but I, I don't blame a fan that is nervous about making that higher. And like I said, at the very least, if you're going to do it, I think you gotta you gotta spend some time in the offseason re-examining this and saying like, okay, how did this happen in the game's biggest stage in the postseason? The Cowboys have had a good defense in each of Dan Quinn's three seasons as the team's defensive coordinator. The Cowboys' regular season NFL rankings in a total defense for DVOA under Quinn, 2021, number four, 2022, number four, 2023, number five. That's outstanding. A top five defense in each regular season. What has impressed you about Quinn as Cowboys defensive coordinator? And I mean, it's totally fair to say that because, yeah, like it was not a memorable final month in Dallas, but like the goods far outweigh the bad. And I think what I'll remember is how the, the Dallas defense was not just bad statistically in 2020. The vibes were so bad. It was, you know, a lot of guys not following their keys, a lot of guys freelancing and, and sack hunting and doing what they're trying to do and, and worrying about maybe getting a second contract and just there was no unification on that defense. And Dan Quinn came in and and he got them to buy into his philosophy. He had guys running to the ball, watching the Dallas defense put five, six helmets on the ball carrier more often than not. Um, you know, he, he for all the criticism he can get, you know, he did identify and develop uh, several guys that they kind of picked off the scrap heap and turned into good players. You know, Malik, Malik Hooker and Jaron Curse uh, were two guys that were kind of forgotten by the league and, and managed to, you know, play some really good football in Dallas. Same thing goes with, with a guy like Oso Digizua, uh, their young defensive tackle who's having a really nice career. Um, so, I think getting guys to buy into the vision, like I said, culture, like I think the culture of the Dallas defense was for the most part a good one over these last three years. And and on top of that, uh, he did manage to develop some some guys into into better players than than I think people would have thought. Dan Quinn's time as Falcons head coach, five full seasons, just two winning regular seasons, but they were an 11 and 5 2016 regular season and a 10 and 6 2017 regular season. The Falcons though went just 14 and 23 over Quinn's final two plus regular seasons as the team's head coach. Uh, has Quinn during his time as Cowboys defensive coordinator talked about what went wrong with the Falcons? I think I mean, he's talked about it a few times. I think it's it's pretty clear um, that he would rather not. In fact, the, the funny irony, you know, one of the games that sealed Dan Quinn's fate. I don't know if you remember this, but they were, God, whoa, they were they were up huge in Dallas in 2020. You know, they, they were they were up by like four scores in Dallas, and it was it was like 38 to 10 or something like that, and they squandered that lead too, and they they lost the game to the Cowboys on this furious fourth quarter comeback and you know it was kind of ironic that he wound up getting hired by the team that helped seal his fate um and i think i for me i think it was just 
getting that close, uh, I, I don't I don't think the Falcons did a good job of uh, expunging the, the grief of that loss or like getting out from under the shadow of that loss in the Super Bowl. And I mean, hey, easier said than done. I'm not sure exactly how you process something like that. Um, and that and it also goes back to to what I said at the top of this is combination of that and then. If you look at the Falcons few years after that Super Bowl run, I don't feel like they did a wonderful job of drafting and developing and finding young talent that you could plug in. You know, if, if we're going to have an aging Matt Ryan and an aging Julio Jones as the centerpieces of our team, we got to surround them with all these young and expensive players that can lift them up. And it didn't feel like Atlanta did that. And that's, I think that would that would be my concern here with with a hire like Dan. Um, is just who's who's helping him find the talent that's going to fill out his team. Because we can criticize the Cowboys for a lot of things. They draft incredibly well. Uh, they're among the best at it in the league over the last decade. And so not to knock Dan Quinn's abilities as a coach too much, but it helps when you find a Micah Parsons and a Trayvon Diggs and you get a Deron Bland in the fifth round and that guy turns into an all-pro. So uh, I feel a lot better about about it uh, if I feel good about the, the talent that they're bringing into the organization. Much more with David Hellman on Dan Quinn in moments. But if you enjoy this podcast, check out BGO Blind Pig, the official podcast of BGObsession.com. BGO Blind Pig is a roundtable discussion of all things Washington Commanders football. Lots of good and passionate Commanders conversation from Commanders fans who know the team well. You can find the BGO Blind Pig podcast on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, or on any major podcast provider. Make BGObsession.com the home for your burgundy and gold obsession. And make the BGO Blind Pig podcast one of your weekly DC football listens. More now with... Cowboys insider David Hellman of Fox Sports on Dan Quinn as a commander's head coaching candidate. Uh, Specific to Quinn as a leader, as a culture setter, uh, are there specific things that he as Cowboys defensive coordinator has done in that regard? Like I said, I think he just, he seems to get good buy-in and and he's an incredibly like, no, this is, this is horribly cliche because it's a team game. I get it, but he 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 sells the message of ultimate teamwork, and I think he he does a good job of getting good buy-in on that. Like you, I mean, the Cowboys, by and large, and like I said, the last month of this season is is not a great indicator of that. But over the course of the time he was here, you see guys playing sound assignment football, rallying to to the tackle playing fundamental defense more than what we had seen here the last few years. I remember a quote that stands out to me from Dan is I think, you know, they asked him the obligatory, like, well, what, you know, why, why'd you want to get back in or what did you miss about it while you were gone? And he said, uh, I miss the feeling of doing hard shit with a group of people that are like bought in with me. And like, that's, that's his whole ethos. Uh, and I, I couldn't tell you specifically how he gets it, but he does seem to get it. And so, yeah, like for, for a team like Washington uh, that maybe hasn't had that in a long time, I, I think that could be beneficial is to have a guy who has built good cultures in the past, maybe hasn't always sustained them, 
Uh, but hey, I mean, if, if the commanders could even build a good culture, you'll worry about sustaining it later, right? Yeah, it has been a few decades <laughs> since Washington has had a truly good culture. Uh, obviously, if Dan Quinn this offseason gets offered the commander's head coaching job or the Seahawks head coaching job, he should take that job. But if he does not get offered a head coaching job this offseason, do you view Quinn as a potential candidate to replace Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy? Uh, should Cowboys owner, president, and general manager Jerry Jones fire McCarthy after next season or maybe even during next season? And that goes back to the whole thing about, you know, Quinn was a really appealing candidate in November, and now none of these fan bases really seem to want him. You know, like, I don't know. I don't think Seattle would be overly happy with Dan Quinn either. And it, it's the same thing where in 2021 and 2022, the joke around the Cowboys was, well, when Mike gets fired, we'll just slide Dan right in here and we'll just keep this thing humming. And now I think Cowboy fans, honestly, Cowboy fans are crossing their fingers saying, somebody come take Dan Quinn off of our hands so we don't have to deal with this for another year. Is that totally fair? I'm not sure. But again, when you lose in the wild card round as a two seed, especially with the Cowboys history over the last few decades, all bets are off. Um, so I, I don't think you can rule it out because clearly Jerry Jones keeps shouting at us that he values continuity and consistency. You know, like he had a chance to blow it up with Mike McCarthy just now and he didn't do it. So maybe maybe Jerry would, would find it appealing to be able to slide somebody into the head coaching job that already knows how everything works. Uh, but right now it feels like it would be a harder sell to the fan base than maybe it would have been a year ago. Are you surprised that Mike McCarthy still is the Cowboys head coach? No, I'm not surprised. I think it's easy to make a case that he shouldn't be. But again, I'm not surprised because, you know, we joke about this all the time. Jerry has this reputation for being this shoot from the hip, ask questions later, like knee jerk reaction kind of guy. And that might have been true 20 years ago, but it really hasn't been true for quite a while. I mean, he gave Jason Garrett eight years. Like he, I mean, he gave him a long time to try to right the ship. And even when Jason Garrett couldn't get it done, they didn't fire him. They just gracefully let his contract expire. You know, they like the continuity, the optics of it all, I think are very important to them. And on top of that, what, I think Jerry's 82 now? Uh, and not to be morbid, but I mean, Jerry talks about it all the time. He doesn't have time to, to you know, to restart, to, to do, to just completely change things. So I think Jerry looks at it and says, like, am I happy? No. Uh, do Is this acceptable to me? No. But do I have a better chance of keeping this continuity, keeping these schemes in place, keeping this familiarity and just trying to dial up? 25% more from what's already here. Like, is that more likely to get me where I want to go than restarting? Uh, so I, I'm not surprised he came to that answer. I'm not convinced he's going to be right about that decision. But again, when starting over from scratch at, at the age of 82, I get, I get why he was reluctant to make that call. Simple question, but a loaded question. What is the proper path forward organizationally for the Cowboys with quarterback Dak Prescott, given his salary cap number 
his great regular season production, but also his lack of postseason production? You know, that's really great timing. I wrote about it for FoxSports.com today. And I mean, you could do you could do an hour-long podcast just about this subject. It's fascinating. And I, I 100% don't know that there is a good answer. And look, if you're familiar with my work, or I guess if you're not, I've been a staunch supporter of Dak Prescott's ability for as long as he's been in the league. I think he gets criticized more than he deserves often. I do think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with, but... After this last performance, after what we saw in the playoffs, and knowing what's in front of them, I can't blame somebody who doesn't think that that's the right answer. You know, like, I don't have a leg to stand on if you don't think that that's the right call. And it's going to be a fascinating decision. Dak's going to cost $59 million against the salary cap this year. So you're talking about potentially not having as good of a roster if you don't extend him. And yet, if you want the if you want the team to be as good as possible, you probably do need to extend him and commit to another three, four, or five years of this. But is that the right call? So where I come down on it is, I say it's up to you. Yeah, and and this could be the Cowboys. This could be you as a fan. Whether you, but the, the decision needs to be made right now. It needs needs to be made by March. Of if you think he's good enough, extend him right now. Push his cap hit down load up the roster and make, you know, one to two really good more runs at it where you've got a 12, 13 win team. Or if you don't think he's the guy, then like you need to be thinking drafting quarterbacks like this year. You don't extend him. Don't worry about maximizing this roster. Start looking for that off ramp this year because it's going to bite you in the future if you're not doing it now. So I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like I can see the rationale on either side of it, but you just, you've got to come to that decision by the start of the league year. I tell you, the Cowboys situation with Dak Prescott reminds me so much of what their situation was with his predecessor, his Cowboys QB1, Tony Romo. Uh, Dak, like Romo, too good to just move on from, but perhaps not good enough to be great. Absolutely. And, or, you know, let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, 30 years of playoff failure speak for themselves. And sometimes I find myself wondering, maybe Dak is good enough to win big somewhere else, but can he do it in this crazy spotlight? You know, the everything that comes with the Dallas Cowboys, is he good enough to overcome all of that pressure and all of that visibility? And so far the answer has been no. Um, so it's, it's fascinating though, man. I mean, we didn't even consider... You know, I can hear a lot of Cowboy fans saying like, oh, let's trade him to somebody else and start over. You can't. He's got a no trade clause. On top of that, he's got a no tag clause. So if they don't extend him this year, they can't keep control of him next year. He'll leave in free agency. And all you're going to get out of it is a third round compensatory pick, which is, I mean, look, you don't have to love Dak Prescott, but the idea of letting him walk for a third round pick is... I mean that's crazy. So I mean the Cowboys are they're not in a, they're they're not in a good situation right now. Like they they've got a lot of decisions to make and I'm not sure any of them lead somewhere good. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Uh Cowboys insider David Hellman of Fox Sports also is the host of the NFL on Fox podcast. Uh David, thank you and all the best. Anytime, my man. Appreciate you. 
All right, David Hellman, great perspective on great objective analysis of Dan Quinn, the state of the Cowboys, and Dak Prescott. Uh, as the Commanders head coaching search and this uh, super important 2024 offseason for our team continues, make sure that you're listening to this podcast. And if you're on Instagram, make sure that you are following at WSH on the daily. WSH on the daily just started in 2021 and yet has more than 24,000 followers and is literally daily. The page is updated every day. Uh, all kinds of good stuff on the commander's head coaching search. Uh, WSH on the daily is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information. Doesn't just post anything that anyone says. Uh, WSH on the daily is a great place at which you can converse with other commander's fans regarding the team, the draft, free agency, and trades. Uh, WSH on the daily responds to every single DM. Uh, WSH on the daily is a page at which you can have fun, including the contest Name That Redskin and Free Wallpaper Wednesday. And WSH on the daily always has a great fresh look. If you're on Instagram, check out at WSH on the daily and check out at WSH on the daily's online shop, WSH on the daily dot com. Uh, some outstanding gear, shirts, hoodies, excellent material, modern look. Uh, these are breathable and comfortable clothes, and they come with all kinds of looks. Some of the more popular shirts are those with the phrase fight for old DC. So for smart, informative, fun, and engaging commander's content, check out at WSH on the daily on Instagram. And for great merch, visit WSH on the daily dot com. The Wizards earlier this month, in a span of six days, lost at home to the worst team in each conference this NBA regular season. January 15th, a 129-117 loss to the NBA worst Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena in the Wizards' annual Martin Luther King Jr. Day afternoon game. January 20th, a 131-127 loss to the Western Conference worst San Antonio Spurs at Capital One Arena. Well, the Wizards this past Saturday afternoon exacted revenge on the Pistons via a 118-104 win at the Pistons. And the Wizards on Monday night exacted revenge on the Spurs via a 118-113 win at the Spurs, giving our Wizards their first regular season winning streak of any length since March 2023. I mean, that is something, man. Uh, also, the win improved the Wizards to 2 and 1 with Brian Keith as Wizards interim head coach. Uh, the Wizards in this win at the Spurs on Monday night overcame a 14 point second quarter deficit and overcame a nine point fourth quarter deficit. The Wizards won the fourth quarter. 31-20. The Wizards defense, a big-time emphasis of Brian Keefe. Uh, that defense over the first three quarters was not good, but in the fourth quarter was good. Uh, the Wizards over the first three quarters allowed the Spurs to score 93 points and go 10-20 on threes, but the Wizards in the fourth quarter held the Spurs to just 20 points and just a 2 of 10 
on threes. And the Wizards did a pretty good job on the Spurs 7-4 rookie sensation from France, Victor Wembadiama, uh, who the Spurs took with the number one overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, he, in 30 minutes, 46 seconds as a starter, went 0-4 on threes, committed four turnovers, and had a game worse plus-minus rating of minus 12. Now, Wembadiama did put up some numbers, but overall, not a bad job by the Wizards on Wembadiama. Uh, the Wizards off Offense on Monday night was mixed. They went 9-25 on threes and went 33-54 in the paint in scoring 66 points in the paint. But the Wizards went just 17-24 of on free throws and committed 19 turnovers. Uh, Marvin Bagley III, uh, he in 19 minutes, 44 seconds off the bench, had one assist versus five turnovers. Uh, way too many turnovers for a big uh, like Bagley off the bench like that. Although he did go 5-6 from the field, all twos and five of six on free throws. And he did finish with 15 points and three rebounds. Uh, Yet the Wizards had one of their most balanced scoring games of the season, eight Wizards players each scored at least eight points, but no Wizards player scored more than 18 points. Uh, and the Wizards out-rebounded the Spurs 45-36, including having 14 offensive rebounds to the Spurs 10 and 18 second-chance points to the Spurs 13. Two players key in this regard were Daniel Gafford and Kyle Kuzma. Gafford in 28 minutes, 16 seconds as a starter had 13 rebounds, including eight offensive boards. He also finished with 16 points, two steals, and two assists versus one turnover. He went six of eight from the field. All twos did go just four of eight on free throws. And Kyle Kuzma, 31 minutes, 38 seconds as a starter. He had 11 rebounds to go with 18 points, five assists versus two turnovers and two blocks. He went 0 of four on threes, but also seven of 14 on twos and four of four on free throws. Three Wizards starters, Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, and Tyus Jones, they went a combined 2 of 13 on threes, but Wizards reserves went 7 of 12 on threes, and a big part of that was Bilal Koulibaly, uh, who grew up with Victor Wembanyama in France. Uh, Koulibaly had a good game, 30 minutes, 37 seconds off the bench, 2 of 2 on threes, 3 of 4 on twos, and 1 of 1 on free throws. He finished with 13 points, 2 steals, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 13. So the Wizards for this NBA regular season now are 9-37. and That is the second worst record in the NBA. And next up for the Wizards, perhaps a three-game winning streak. <laughs> uh, but the Wizards are home to a good team, home to the Los Angeles Clippers Wednesday night at 7. Hey, if you are an NBA fan, get with Underdog Fantasy. The daily pick'em games are super easy and fun. The season-long fantasy is simple. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy also offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption 
but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Well, if you know your Virginia Tech basketball, you know that the Hokies' recent history against Duke is quite good. Uh, They entered Monday having won three of their last five games against Duke, including the 2022 ACC championship game. But Monday night was not a Tech win over Duke, although Monday night could have been a Tech win over Duke. But Virginia Tech for this season fell to 13-8 and overall and 5-5 five and five in the ACC with a 77-67 loss to number seven Duke at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Monday night. The Hokies trailed for all of the second half. They were down by just three points at 45-42 with less than 14 minutes left in the second half, but Tech then lost the rest of the game 32-25. Tech's defense was not good enough. The Hokies allowed Duke to go 9-17 on threes and 22-39 on twos. Did generate 14 Duke turnovers, but Tech went just 6-22 on threes. Did go 20-36 on twos and did commit just four turnovers, but the Hokies got out-rebounded by a bunch, got out-rebounded 38-20, including having just four offensive rebounds to Duke's 10, and thus just eight second-chance points to Duke's 15. Uh, Tech head coach Mike Young shortened his bench. He played just seven players the entire game. 6-4 MJ Collins led Tech with 17 points. He had 34 minutes as a starter with three assists on threes and four seven on twos. Also had three assists versus one turnover. 6-3 Hunter Couture. He in 39 minutes as a starter went two of four on threes, three of four on twos, and three of three on free throws. He finished with 15 points. Collins and Couture went a combined 5 of 10 on threes. The rest of the Hokies went a combined 1 of 12 on threes. Uh, 6-1 point guard Sean Padula, he had 39 minutes as a starter, had 6 assists versus 1 turnover, but he went just 4 of 15 from the field, 0 of 6 on threes and just 4 of 9 on twos. Did go 4 of 5 on free throws. He finished with 12 points and 3 rebounds. Next up for Virginia Tech at Miami this Saturday at noon.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 752. We'll include a lot for you on the commanders. We'll see where things stand in the team's head coaching search. Also on Wednesday show, we'll chat with Capitals insider Tarek El-Bashir of Monumental Sports Network. He also is a rinkside reporter for the NHL on TNT. We will conduct a proper deep dive on the Caps as they are in the midst of a nine-day break due to their bye week in the NHL All-Star break. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.